Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour 3. Hello there. How are you? It's Eric Erickson here across the nation. Glad to have you with me. The phone number, should you wish to be a part of this year's program, is 877-973-7425. As I get these little stupid login, please enter the six-digit number to get back into your email. Ah, okay. So, before I move on to anything else, I just I want to take a time out to laugh about a story that I just find hilarious. My buddy Tyler flagged this one for me yesterday. The Beyond Meets COO bit a man at an Arkansas football game. You know, the Beyond Burger people, they're not doing well right now. So a friend of mine's a very prominent national financial advisor and lives out on the, the West Coast has done very well for himself. He says he now manages a portfolio for individuals that is three times larger than the value of the whole of the Beyond Meats company. He and my buddy David manages billions. Um, This company, Beyond Burger, is collapsing. The CEO under a lot of stress. But I'm wondering, if you haven't had meat in a long time, do you turn into a vampire? Do, do you turn into a cannibal? You crave meat so much that you beyond – you know, so Dave Chappelle, I can't say it. I can't play it on it. I would lose my job. But Chappelle has this great thing on transgenderism and the impossible burger and the beyond burger, and it's kind of the same thing <laughs> with a little beet juice thrown in. <laughs> you know, you know. But I just this, – this is one of the remarkable things, and this is not what I was going to talk about, but the story, I find it hilarious. You know, for years and years, the nutritionists, the academics, the researchers, they've told us, well, what, what do you do? You go to the grocery store, and what are you supposed to do? Shop the outer edges of the grocery store. Get your vegetables, get your meats, get your dairy, and go home. Don't venture inland into the grocery store to the aisles where you have highly processed foods. It's bad. Stay away. It's bad. Don't go near there. Don't go near there. It's bad. And along comes the impossible meats and the beyond meats people with their synthetic hemoglobin to give you a meaty feel in your mouth. And they would have you believe that the most processed food in America outside of Velveeta is the thing you need to eat because it's not about you. It's not about you people. This is about Mother Earth. This is about Greta Thunberg. We can't have her scowling. So you need to go from eating your meats and your veggies and your dairy to going to the freezer aisle and getting the highly, highly processed synthetic meat because it's good for the planet. Forget you. It's good for the planet. Uh, it, this it, It's just striking to me that this is where we are. Um. You can eat beef. You can eat 
chicken. You can eat pork. Or you can eat an amalgamation of water, soy protein concentrate, sunflower oil, coconut oil, natural flavors, 2% or less of methyl cellulose, cultured dextrose, food starch modified, yeast extract, soy, leg hemoglobin, salt, mixed tocopherols, antioxidant, L-tryptophan, soy protein isolate, zinc gluconate, niacin, thiamine hydrochloride, Peroxidoxide, hydrochloride, riboflavin, vitamin B12, and soy. And it also an allium derivative from garlic, onion, shallots, or other sources. This is what you could get. You could buy that, or you could just go. Eat some cow, eat some pig, eat some chicken. So a, a friend of mine who none of you like, who I just adore, she has the greatest sense of humor. She's on a television show you all despise, and and we get along so well uh, when we don't talk politics or Trump. She had a thing on, on Instagram the other day for friends. It was just for friends to see, and it said, <laughs> it said, a large woman eating a salad glared at me, eating my burger, and said, Don't you know a cow died for you to eat that? And I looked back and said, If you didn't eat all of his food, he would still be alive. <laughs> yes. Yes. All you salad eaters, you rabid food eaters, eating all that cow's food so we're left to have to eat the cows i just this whole thing is just mind-boggling me this gets back to the environmental stuff that we were told what to do to keep us healthy was to eat the least processed foods on the planet and now the left tells us we actually need to eat the most synthetic processed food on the planet not to save us they don't care if we die it's all about saving the planet for the trees, I guess, because we won't be around. We're all going to die. It just it, the, the whole the whole weird weirdness of the environmental movement. It, the the left these days, they're just discombobulated. And now you got the Beyond Meats COO trying to eat somebody's nose at a football game. That's how we got off on the subject. Now we have to get back onto the subject of crime. The Democrats still have a crime problem out there. I'm really actually fascinated. Stephen Gutowski pointed this out. So Elena Schneider at Politico has this story. Now, she used to be Elena Schneider at the New York Times and the Texas Tribune, which says liberal. Every town, the gun control group is out with research from 18,000 interviews in seven battleground states, arguing Democrats can talk about gun safety in context of rising crime and law enforcement. It's time to reset the narrative. And it comes at a time Republican ads are focused on crime. Um, I I gotta I gotta share with you a local story. This is terrible. Matt Donald is a forty year old. He's a father, new dad, no less. He's on a ventilator. He was attacked 
in Roswell, Georgia. He's an avid walker, has a seven-month-old son. He can't speak. He's on the ventilator. He was with his son, his seven-month-old, and he was attacked. This is in a pretty safe area of Georgia, but crime is spilling over into the safe areas. Let me read you this, or let me let you listen to this. This is from Fox 5 in Northern Virginia. Listen to this. Angie and Jim, this is devastating on different levels. First, you have the sickening crimes alleged here. Then you have a case that fell apart at trial despite very strong evidence. It all came down to a judge's order on a missed deadline. My son was 11 years old. Amber didn't want to be identified to protect her child, a victim of sex crimes. Last year, Fairfax County Police arrested a man known to the family, Ronnie Real, who was later indicted on charges of sodomy and aggravated sexual battery. Amber says it's been hell on her family. We've gone through counseling. He's started struggling in school. But as the trial approached, they knew the evidence against Real. Not only a confession to police, but a confession Amber got herself through a taped phone call. He was confessing every little detail that he did, and it was making me sick to my stomach. I wanted to just, oh, it was horrible. I mean, he literally confessed to me why he did it. The case was before the chief judge of Fairfax County Circuit Court. As is typical, the judge ordered the Commonwealth's Attorney's Office to turn over their evidence, a deadline set for April. But when the case went to trial this month, the judge ruled the prosecutor missed the deadline. So the confessions, other evidence, most witnesses couldn't be heard by the jury. My prayers and hopes for it just dropped right there. The case was left hinging on her son's testimony. The Commonwealth's attorney's office says the victim denied one of the charges happened and contradicted his prior testimony. Real, who was facing life in prison, was offered a deal. He pled guilty to misdemeanor assault and battery and was freed on time served. Why do you think that the case fell apart like it did? People weren't doing their job properly. Commonwealth's attorney Steve Descano refused an interview. A spokesman for the office says they had already turned over evidence earlier on in the case. He says the judge's ruling was indeed confounding to us and inconsistent with precedent. Amber says she tried to explain what happened to her son. I was really upset. You know, this is my child. Heartbreaking. Say liberal prosecutor. Liberal prosecutor. The judge didn't want to throw out the case, you should know but had to. And now here comes the left saying they can reset the narrative on crime. What's so interesting about this and, and, and the Everytown uh, litigation, and not litigation, but, but a argument that they can reset the narrative on crime and show it's the Republicans who are bad on crime because of gun control is that literally every single individual quoted by Politico who's not on the Everytown for gun safety payroll says this is a terrible idea. And yet they still want to do it. John Fetterman in Pennsylvania, there's yet another person who has been, uh, he wants to let out of jail. He's a, essentially has now come out. We found audio of him saying even murderers should be given a second chance and let out of prison. 
This is why the race is closing in, in Pennsylvania. It's getting so close. It's because uh, every single day a new story comes out about John Fetterman wanting to let another criminal out of prison. The drip, drip, drip as these stories is becoming too much to bear for so many people. It's bad stuff. How many murderers does this guy want out of prison? Fetterman cheered when a killer was released from jail last year, saying he was happy he was going to go home to his family, that he wasn't a threat to public safety anymore. On September 12th, a local news story revealed in Tennessee that the man who killed Eliza Fletcher had raped someone else in the rape kit set untested for a year by local Democratic prosecutors. And the man would not have been out and able to kill Eliza Fletcher had the local liberal prosecutor, probably funded by George Soros, done his job. These are just bad situations. And it doesn't help the Democrats. In Wisconsin, Mandela Barnes is now behind Ron Johnson. Mandela Barnes is the most far-left person the Democrats could have nominated Ron Johnson's getting 13% of Democrats in numbers of multiple polls out there. Mandela Barnes in the entire state of Wisconsin has only been endorsed by nine police officers. Nine police officers in the entire state of Wisconsin are willing to endorse Mandela Barnes. Make it eight. One of the nine has come forward and said he's not endorsing Mandela Barnes and was shocked to find his name on the list. So nine, one of whom is made up. Eight individuals. Eight. The Democrats have a crime problem, and they every town may want them to pivot to gun control, but you've got left-wing prosecutors funded by George Soros. You've got left-wing candidates. You've got crime rising in areas of states that have otherwise been safe. You've got a dad in Georgia on a ventilator attacked randomly on a trail out walking with his seven-month-old. You've got a woman in Memphis dead because the left-wing prosecutors didn't process the rape kits. You've got a murderer free in Pennsylvania under pressure from the lieutenant governor who now wants to be in the Senate. The Democrats really want to run on this stuff? I, I can't believe it. This hour of the program brought to you by First Liberty Building and Loan. Wherever you are nationwide, they can help your business grow. Just reach out to them and see if they can help you. You buy a building, build a building, get a franchise, expand a franchise, $750,000 deals and above, firstlibertyga.com. I want to read for you guys an excerpt of a really cool interview. Tom Persky used to be a tax lawyer in Washington, D.C. He owns the website floppydisk.com. When is the last time you used a floppy disk? When's the last time you used a CD? I remember when Apple came out with the iMac, when Steve Jobs was around, came out with the first iMac, and they ditched the floppy drive, and everyone was just horrified that they would do it. And ultimately, they ditched the the CD drive as well. My laptop now has a slot for a, a um for a what a a, a USB card, uh, or what do you call it? And um, they. That's it. There, there's nothing. Like I, I got a card reader for my for my camera, and that's the most I've got as far as input output. So this guy Tom Persky gave an interview uh, to the website Ion Design. Let me just read you this excerpt. This is pretty great. In the beginning, I figured we would do floppy disks, but never CDs. 
Eventually, we got into CDs, and I said we never do DVDs. A couple of years went by, and I started duplicating DVDs. Now, I'm also duplicating USB drives. You can see from the conversation that I'm not exactly a person with great vision. I just follow what our customers want us to do. When people ask me, why are you into floppy disks today? The answer is because I forgot to get out of that business. Everyone else in the world looked at the future and came to the conclusion the floppy disk business was a dying industry. Because I'd already bought all my equipment and inventory, I thought I'd just keep the revenue stream. I stuck with it and didn't try to expand. Over time, the total number of floppy users has gone down. However, the number of people who provided the product went down even faster. If you look at those two curves, you can see there is a growing market share for the last man standing in the floppy disk business, and that man is me. That's actually, it's kind of a fascinating story as technology changes. You know, you can find floppy disks. My wife was the assistant to the uh, president of Mercer University for a while. She remembered going into a supply closet and there were those five and a half inch or five and a quarter inch floppy disks. Remember those five and a quarter inch with floppy, the, the original floppy disks? Like the three and a half inch ones had a plastic shell and they didn't flop and people want to know why it's a floppy disk. Because the big ones, and, and there used to be ones even bigger than the five and a quarter. And so she found uh, these discs, and this girl asked her, what are these discs? And my wife says, you have no idea what this is? girl says, is it a drink coaster? I, no, it's a computer disc. girl says, what's a computer disc? Oh, my wife says, you're killing me, Smalls. The girl got that reference. <laughs> she reminds me of my wife. Talking to a kid in my favorite band, y'all, is Pearl Jam. I love Pearl Jam. My wife was at school last year, and Pearl Jam put this drummer. No, it was earlier this this year. Um, the Pearl Jam put a high school kid from Oakland, California, up on stage with them because their drummer got COVID. And this high school kid, he's like 17 years old, rocking out with Pearl Jam as their backup drummer. kid was phenomenal. My wife looks at the drummer at my kid's high school and says, Noah, are you getting ready for your Pearl Jam gig? And he looked at my wife and he said, Miss Erickson, what's a Pearl Jam? Part of me died that day. And I still kind of want him to die for having said it. The world moves on, and this guy is not moving on from floppy disks because, you know, in Japan, to hand your tax returns in digitally, you still have to put them on a floppy drive. They've never updated the regulations. There's still a market for them in parts of the world. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. The Eric Erickson Show. The phone number is 877-973-7425. I've got to return to yesterday's interview with the governor of the state of Florida, Ron DeSantis. We talked about the Martha's Martha's Vineyard situation, and I want to actually go back to that interview and play it for you from how it begun, the first six minutes of it, uh, because you need to hear what he said again about Martha's Vineyard. It's very important. Also note in this how he always referred to migrants, not illegal aliens. Um, but you need to listen to this. Uh, if I can get this fired up uh, and and pay attention to his word choices before we get into the new news about the situation. The biggest domestic story 
I suppose, has been generated by my next guest, who's joining me out of the gate today. The governor of the wonderful state of Florida, Ron DeSantis, joins me. Governor, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm great. So I really, really actually want to talk about Florida, your reelection and the future of the state. But I, I got to ask you out of the gate, uh, if you would uh, just kind of explain the rationale for moving the illegal aliens to Martha's Vineyard. And I want to give you a chance to kind of address that, that I think nonsensical story that none of these people knew where they were going. Well, yeah, on the second part, so this is done uh, with a vendor that the state of Florida has contracted with, and the vendor got written consent forms from everybody that was transported, uh, also provided a packet that had a map of Martha's Vineyard, numbers on the vineyard for social services, as well as for the state of Massachusetts. So there was no doubt that that's where they were going. And in fact, uh, when they were getting ready to do the transport, there were some of the migrants who said, you know what, you know, we don't want to go to Massachusetts. And so they did ended up not going. So it was purely voluntary. And it was that. And here's the thing. The policy that we have is simply, uh, I would like to see President Trump's border policies reinstituted. I mean, most of the people coming across the border illegally uh, are making bo- effectively bogus asylum claims. So if they're making asylum claims that we know 95 plus percent are not going to be valid or 90 percent, they should wait in Mexico, let that claim be adjudicated. If they have a valid claim, then obviously, you know, they're entitled uh, to, to, to use that law to come in. Uh, but instead, what Joe Biden's done is he's basically opened the border. You have people pouring in. Forty uh, percent of the folks, because I've had people on the southern border help in Texas last year and then in our conversations, you know, between 30 and 40 percent have said Florida is one of their preferred destinations. And so we obviously uh, are not a sanctuary state. We just can't absorb. It's not the way you do policy to just have floods of people uh, coming in. And so what Biden and so our view is, is, you know, we want to divert to sanctuary states who have said that's their policy. So that's why we got the $12 million in the budget. You know, we've also things done things uh, that haven't gotten as much press, like we've had interdictions in the panhandle. We've seized narcotics. We've been able to bring some of the, uh, coy- I guess they're coyotes or smugglers uh, mm-hmm. up on charges. But that's kind of a onesie twosie thing. If you're able to get into a sanctuary jurisdiction, the hope is, is that they would stick uh, because they'd be able to have benefits and, and, and whatnot. But also, I do believe that the people that proclaim to be sanctuary jurisdictions are the ones advocating for this open border policy, and yet a lot of them seem to not want to have to deal with any of the consequences of their own policies. And I think what happened in Martha's Vineyard is an example of that. I mean, they, they had proclaimed to be a sanctuary uh, area. They had said that they wanted to be a hub. I think Ted Cruz uh, last year had said that they should be the place and these politicians saying, yeah, we want to be the place for that. Okay. So then when you have just 50 of them, not only did they not be, be, did not act as a sanctuary, they called in the national guard and they deported them off the Island the next day. (laughs) So it just shows they want to impose burdens on the rest of the country, but they don't want to do it. So ideally you wouldn't have buses going from El Paso to New York like you have. You wouldn't have Greg uh, Abbott doing buses or Florida doing any of this stuff. You would just recognize that the policy of Biden has failed, change it, and then a lot of these problems would go away. You said something this weekend that, I mean, it kind of struck me to the core because I had forgotten about it myself, but 53 illegal aliens died in a tractor trailer in Texas. The federal government changed not a single policy 
you send 50 to Martha's Vineyard and the president scrambles the entire administration to take action. That, that really was a striking contrast. And here's the thing, Eric, the folks that went to Martha's Vineyard, you know, Biden is having these people go in. The federal government just basically, yes, I know they do fly some people around, but mostly people, they just abandoned. So these people were basically homeless. I mean, they, they had nowhere where really to integrate to. And so this was a huge uh, benefit for them. They've actually, some of those uh, folks have written into the vendor, thanking the vendor for being able to effectuate their transport. So they went, uh, clearly it was beneficial beneficial for them uh, to be able to do it. Now, obviously, Martha's Vineyard didn't want anything to do with it, and so they, they deported them. But, but the reality is, when you hear some of the people acting like it's inhumane to transfer to a sanctuary jurisdiction, that doesn't make any sense because the, the, uh, they're in destitution, basically, because of the federal government's really reckless policies. And so um, at the end of the day, Martha's Vineyard didn't want to put their money where their mouth is. I, I, I understand that. I mean, I think that they're I think they're willing to virtue signal if it's uh, just self-congratulatory type stuff, but they really didn't want to follow through with it. But it has raised the issue now uh, of this border because the corporate press doesn't want to talk about any of the things that a lot of conservatives have been uh, have been concerned with a long time. And yes, the fentanyl has affected Florida. We've had criminal aliens commit serious crimes uh, against Floridians. And then we do have just kind of the migrants who a lot of them, you know, they are not necessarily committing crimes. They just, they're economic migrants. But that, that causes stress on communities, as we saw. Even the wealth, one of the wealthiest in the country said they didn't have the resources to take care of 50. How do these border towns do? So all of those are important. But I also just think as an American people look and say, okay, do you have control over your border and your territory or not? And it makes us look like a third world country when you see all these images coming in of just chaos day after day after day. Well, now people are talking about it, and I think people are going to have to defend uh, who, who, are, who are for Biden's policy. They're going to have to defend it. And, you know, it's pretty much indefensible. That was Ron DeSantis with me yesterday. At the top of the at the top of the show, if you want to hear that whole interview, it's now available on the podcast feed. Just text show to three three seven seven seven. You can get the podcast. You'll see it as a standalone interview available for everybody. Now, I, I needed you to hear the whole interview again of that section, not the whole interview with DeSantis. There's way more where we talk about Florida and businesses and COVID and schools, but that part about Martha's Vineyard. Because he said a couple of things there that were suddenly newsworthy. One, it was a private vendor who did this. Two, everyone was told where they were going. They were given a packet. They signed consents, and they were given maps of Martha's Vineyard. Three, these are people who were in Florida already. That last one is key here because the sheriff of Bexar County, Texas, has decided he's a huge progressive Democrat, the sheriff, and has decided to launch a criminal investigation into how people who had been in Bexar County in Texas got to Martha's Vineyard via Florida. We are opening up a case uh, with an investigation with regard to the suspected uh, activities involving the 48 migrants from Venezuela that, as we understand it at this point, the facts of the case at this point, are that on uh, Wednesday, September 14th, uh, here in Bear County in the city of San Antonio, uh, our understanding is that a Venezuelan migrant uh, was 
paid a, a, what we would call a bird dog fee to recruit approximately 50 migrants from the area around a migrant resource center on San Pedro uh, here in San Antonio. Uh, as we understand it, 48 migrants were uh, lured, I will use the word lured, uh, under false pretenses uh, into, into staying at a hotel for a couple of days. Uh, they were taken by airplane. At a certain point, they were shuttled to an airplane uh, where they were flown to Florida and then eventually flown to Martha's Vineyard. Again, under false pretenses is the, the information that we have, that they were promised work. They were promised the solution to several other problems. They were taken to uh, Martha's Vineyard from what, from what we can gather uh, for nothing, for little more than a photo op, video op, and then they were unceremoniously stranded in Martha's Vineyard. Um, now, you should know that the sheriff is pretty liberal Democrat. Remember, San Antonio, Texas is one of the places that blocked a Chick-fil-A from opening at its airport because they didn't want a Christian chicken company there. Uh, and when lawyers got involved, they changed it. Well, they're closed on Sunday. We, we can't have them there because of that. Uh, pretty liberal area, pretty liberal sheriff. And it conflicts with what Ron DeSantis said to me on the radio on Monday. You heard him say just yesterday, these migrants were already there in Florida. And they signed consents. They wanted to go. They were they were gone. That this is completely contradictory to what the sheriff was saying. Now, well, I want to be clear here. If if they were lured from Texas to go via Florida to Martha, which when you think about it makes no sense. But if they were, there's there's some sort of bigger stunt going on, and someone will be held accountable for it. But uh, DeSantis told me you heard it here. I just replayed it for you. That these were migrants who are already in Florida. They weren't lured to Florida. There was no bird dogging. So someone's not telling the truth. And of course, the national media and the Democrats are convinced Ron DeSantis is lying. Do you really think a man up for re-election in 2022 who wants to be president of the United States did not dot the I's and cross the T's ahead of time? Do you really think that? Someone has produced a brochure saying that there were all sorts of misrepresentations. A, a law firm has produced a brochure. The brochure has already been out in public, and it's a dispute whether or not it's authentic or, or constructed by some Democratic group to try to give talking points. You can tell the damage has been done to the Democrats on this issue because of the way they've decided to try to prosecute Ron DeSantis and his claims as opposed to acknowledging the border problem. They still don't want to deal with the border situation, and they're turning DeSantis into the bad guy. They are furious that he exposed their hypocrisy. You will recall Martha's Vineyard when Texas was complaining about illegal immigration. The residents of Martha's Vineyard were interviewed and said, we'll take them, we'll take them. So Ron DeSantis said, okay, take ours. And at first they were like, well, we sent the ones from Texas. We sent the ones from Texas, not Florida, not Florida. We don't want these guys. And they rounded them up and put them on a bus. And, and so much of the national media said, oh, they, they played baseball with them and basketball with them. And they were so kind to them. And they gave them clothes. They rounded them up and put them on a bus and shipped them to a military base. And then they got the progressive Democratic sheriff of Bexar County, 
that's San Antonio, Texas. To go and say, we're launching a criminal investigation. How did people get from Texas to Florida to Martha's Vineyard? We have people who say it was a trap. If he's right, then DeSantis is lying. DeSantis said they were already in Florida. This wasn't a PR stunt. There were people already in Florida. My suspicion is Ron DeSantis is telling the truth. And these people who are so committed to getting him have walked into a trap. And in the meantime, the border issue has come back to the forefront of the American political conversation. 2,005,026 migrants have encountered the U.S. Border Patrol since October 1st, 2021. 1.4 million single adults, 439,000 family units, 137,000 unaccompanied minors. This is a record. This is a record. It's one that the Democrats have chosen not to talk about. It's one the Democrats have preferred to keep quiet. It's one so much of the media has not talked about. And it's one Kamala Harris says the border is closed. Now everybody's talking about it thanks to DeSantis. And I'm pretty sure he got his ducks in a row before he did this. And the Democrats and the media are playing up a criminal investigation because it's the only way they can distract from the facts he revealed. Now, there's another story happening right now. The Dow got as low as 500 points down. It's recovered some. It's down 400 points still. The NASDAQ down 128 points as of right now. If you're worried about your retirement plan, you're worried about your 401k, your IRA, or other retirement savings, you got $50,000 or more at stake, you may want to consider physical gold and silver, not certificates of ownership, but actual physical gold and silver. Gold Co. can help you. Call 855-904-5933. You'll get a free wealth protection kit to learn how to use gold and silver to protect and grow your money. Thousands of retirees are protecting their retirement savings. Many are getting $10,000 or more in free silver for doing it. Call Gold Co. Find out how you qualify for their special offer. They've helped thousands of Americans protect their retirement against inflation and stock market crashes. They might be able to help you see if they're a fit for you. 855-904-5933. You can also text my name, Eric. E-R-I-C-K to 33777. I will send you their phone number. See if they're a good fit for you. You know, I forgot to send out my recipe the other day, so I will get it logged in so I can send it out uh, to you guys. Uh, If you text recipe to 33777, get on the list. I promise I will send you out the recipe list. Um, I got to play you this audio from Larry Summers. Larry Summers, the man who told Joe Biden you were going to cause inflation, the man Joe Biden now listens to uh, when it comes to inflation and the man who told him the Inflation Reduction Act was okay for him to do. Uh, well, listen to the latest Larry Summers comment. It's kind of insane that we have trucks and trains carrying oil all over this country rather than constructing pipelines, which would permit accessing more resources, cheaper, safer transmission. Uh, you think? So Joe Manchin wants to refine the permitting process, wants to speed it up. Here comes Larry Summers saying it's it's kind of nonsensical that we're not doing this. Well, the Republicans are telling Joe Manchin, uh, tough, 
We're, we're not with you. The Republicans have their own plan. A competing plan by Shirley Moore Caputo, the Republican senator from West Virginia. She has not been briefed on anything Joe Manchin wants to do. Joe Manchin is having a hard time. You can call it, as the media has called it, revenge politics. Republicans essentially telling Joe Manchin, look, uh, you told us you weren't going to do Build Back Better or a Green New Deal with the Democrats. You you lied to us. You and Chuck Schumer concocted this and ran into this. We're not going to help you on this. We don't trust you anymore. And now Bernie Sanders is out saying, well, we're on the left. We're not going to help him do this. This would be bad. We We can't do this. We can't allow this to happen. It would be bad. So you got the Republicans saying they're not going to help Joe Manchin. You've got progressives saying they're not going to help Joe Manchin. You got Larry Summers saying we need a pipeline deal. Uh, guess what? I suspect you're going to have to wait for the Republicans to take the Senate to get a pipeline deal because nobody wants to help Joe Manchin, who wanted to be the king of all things and is now just the court jester for the Democrats. He can't get anything done that he wanted to get done. Joe Manchin really got it in his head. He was the most powerful man in Washington. He believed the press like Stacey Abrams believed her press. And the result is nobody trusts him. Nobody wants to work with him. And a good number of people in Washington actually want to sabotage his agenda now And I have a hard time blaming the GOP on this, given what he did. He played dumb and all shucks the whole way through and was concocting a massive spending plan with Chuck Schumer that the GOP will now roll back because they're going to treat the student loan bailout as a taxable event and get some offsets for their reconciliation package. If that actually goes through, it's on hold by a judge right now. Uh, The Democrats played this far too clever when they decided that they weren't going to lose.